Hey everybody, grab your Bible, a journal and a pen and maybe even a cup of coffee. And I'd like for you to write this down. Philippians 3 verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. I'm your host, AJ, and I'm so glad you're joining us as Dot continues her four-week series through the book of Philippians. Let's jump into the conversation. Today, Karen and I are talking about Philippians 3, and I'd love for you to get your Bible and turn to Philippians 3. And today we're going to talk about Paul is continually to say, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. He says, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to apologize. I keep saying this. And so we know that rejoice is one of the biggest things of Philippians, but also want us to really concentrate today about what Paul is saying to the church of Philippi. He's also saying to us as the body of Christ. As you turn into Philippians 3, Paul begins to really come against this mentality of it's not what you do. That doesn't bring you value. And he uses his life. He's used his circumstances and the things that happened to his life and things that he's accomplished. He said, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law. In other words, I was such a great Jew that I really went after the Christians, in which we all know that. And we know that God stopped him in his track and said, you know, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he's like, you know, I was so about being righteous and being this perfect Hebrew, this perfect Pharisee. He said, I was living it. And then God stopped him. And he said, but I want you to understand this. And I want you to turn to Philippians 3 and then verse 7. He says, but whatever I gain, I had, I count it as lost for the sake of Christ. He said, indeed, I count everything as lost for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And that's what I want us to talk about. How that we should know Christ. That when we really know who Christ is then it's really about going about our day saying, I know you, God. And no matter what's going on in my life, no matter if I feel like I'm not enough, if I feel like I'm too much, if it's just pride, self-centeredness that they talked about in Philippians 2, he's saying to the church at Philippi, and he's saying to you and me, I want you to look at everything that's going on in your life. And God has a purpose for it. And that purpose is for you to know who I am. I think it's a really powerful thing to think whatever gain you have, whether it's, you know, something relational or accomplishment with work, or maybe it's something you're really good at, like a strength or a talent, like Mm -hmm. any gain to count that as a loss, like to really think about what that means. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big, like, you know, thinking of whatever greatest accomplishment that you are so proud of, just realizing how much pride we really do put mm-hmm. into things that we are gains and how much emphasis that we put on ourselves 
of with. being able to say, I'm somebody because I've done this. Right. I'm somebody because I have this. We live in a world where looks, money, power, position makes you considered a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And what Paul was saying is there's no celebrities in, in the Christian world because we don't have anything to gain. But there are a lot of people that are trying to be celebrities. They're trying to be someone or gain that position of how many people go to your church or how many people are in your Bible study or, you know, how many mission trips you've gone on or how many Bible studies you teach. All of these things, we're, we can get caught up into that because Paul was talking about the things that I did was godly things. Those are religious things. It wasn't like, look, you know, I saved the world from um, pollution. He's saying, I was a very strong religious person. And when he was talking to the Pharisees and he was talking to these group of people, this was meaning something. Mm -hmm. He said, look, I was very religious. I was a Pharisee upon Pharisee. Mm -hmm. He said, I was very, very religious. He said, I was a Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He studied the law. He was a Pharisee. He was very zealous. He was a persecutor of the church. In other words, when I thought that these Christians was um, hurting the Jewish people and the law and what we stood up in the temple and all the things that we hold sacred, when I felt like someone came in and was doing something bad about that, that was taking advantage of these Jewish people and, and making a mockery of our law, when I thought they were taking the name of God in vain. He said, I was very passionate about that. And I was very ill. So when we think about Paul and what Paul was saying is, look, if you want to build up the flesh and build it up. Right. Well, and he, cause he, he really had, he has the credentials of all credentials at that time. It's like, you, you really can't have more on your resume than Paul in terms of how much he had done for the religious community right. as a Pharisee, you know, as Saul, not as Paul. That's right. And so I think we look at Paul and when we think of Saul, we think like, oh, like how amazing God turned that around because, you know, Saul to Paul and how he persecuted Christians to how now he is speaking for Jesus and being persecuted. Right. And obviously that is a huge thing. But also I think we do need to remember what you're saying of like Saul thought he was doing the righteous thing. He thought he was obeying God. Yeah. And, you know, as we think about what you're talking about, Paul was very passionate. He was very zealous and he was very wrong. So how do we know if we're a Paul or a Saul? Well, it's when God steps in and shows you differently. It's when God shows us what direction we're going and what motivation we have. And it is up to the Holy Spirit to stop us in our tracks and say, you're going down the wrong path. One being sensitive to that. Yeah. And being sensitive to that. And so there's something in us that God will use our circumstances or whatever we're going through at that time. Sometimes God speaks to us in so many different ways. But with Saul, he just stopped him right in the middle of his tracks down the path that he was going. And he's saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting Christians? And And he looked at it as whatever you do to a Christian, you're doing to me. And so when Saul heard Jesus say that at the road of Damascus, he stopped and God just closed his eyes to what he had seen before and later on opened his eyes to what God had for him and what was the truth. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that Paul's personality was different. Paul still was very zealous. Paul was still very 
uh, determined to get the truth out. And at that time when he was Saul, he thought that was the truth. So it's really up to the Holy Spirit to show us you are going in the wrong direction. Now, what I want us to really talk about and see is that the motivation. There is often that motivation to feel like I can do all these things because I feel better about myself versus I can do all these things so that I can know Christ more. Mm -hmm. So there's a two different motivations. And so he says right in the middle of Philippians 3, he says, I count all that loss for the sake of knowing Christ. And, you know, we just don't really put as much of an emphasis on the things that we know because we know it because we're going to know Christ more because we get a closer relationship, a closer understanding, a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. Sometimes we do this thing so that we can get free. We can walk in victorious, that we are better Christians and we're better people because we're doing all of these things. Or I can show that, you know, like where I can teach this to my kids or I can, you know, show that I know what I know, what I know. Right. And there is this desire to want to share. That's why we do podcasts of right. what God's done in our lives or what God's teaching us. But if our motivation, which I pray is whoever is listening to this podcast will come to know Christ more. Mm-hmm. Paul said, I count it all lost. Everything that I've ever done. When I thought that I was right, God showed me that I was wrong. And he said, it's not about the flesh. It's not about all the things you can do. It's all about Jesus. And so when we live in a world that is totally telling us to know more ourselves and know who you are and things like that, that's one thing. But Jesus says, I want you to know me. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the surpassing worth of knowing him. Mm -hmm. Those are heavy words, you know, that that carries a punch. Like it's not just saying like, Oh yeah, it's good to know them or it's beneficial or whatever. It's there is a surpassing worth in knowing Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I love what Paul says. He said, I've suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish. In other words, all the things that he had learned as a Pharisee in Hebrew wasn't going to really help him that much as a child of God, as a new believer, as a follower of Jesus. He said, I count them as lost in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. In other words, it's great to know the law. And and I'm thankful that I know the law. I'm thankful that we know the Old Testament. We know how God worked in the Old Testament of leading his people to finally to know and understand who the Messiah is. Like you're saying, he's talking to the Jewish people. And he said, I count that as lost. Well, to them, that would be like, what are you talking about? But he said, I, I count it law so that I can know that I've been found in him because the law was so much about what you do. Mm-hmm. And so there was such an emphasis of trying to live that Christian life. And you've heard me say so many times that God never expected us to live the Christian life, but he's given us the spirit in us so that we can live the Christian mm-hmm. life. And what we don't want to miss in Philippians 3, he said, I count that all as rubbish. He said, it's actually poo-poo is what <laughs> the word of that is saying, done. He said, I count this as poo-poo. He said, compared to knowing Christ. So it's not necessarily what we do if we do these things and we don't know who Christ is, if we don't know who God is, then what good is it? We're missing the whole Yeah, because he's not any saying compared. He's not saying all this is worthless. He's just saying 
this doesn't matter compared to knowing Christ. Christ. And he says uh, in verse 10, he says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And we love that because we talk so much about how we have the Holy Spirit in us and we have the power of the resurrection in us. And we talk about, oh, we can be free. We can walk victorious. Oh, we can just live this, you know, victorious life. We can rise above our circumstances. We can really, you know, dig deep where the Holy Spirit is. And we, there's nothing that can fail us. And I said that last week, like you seem like you can't even get Paul down. You cannot beat that boy down to him for him to have a bad day because he had such a mindset of it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It's what is seeing Christ. And even in Philippians 3, that's kind of what he's saying, that no matter what I've even done, I don't even care. Mm -hmm. Because my one goal is Jesus Christ and knowing him and knowing him better. But very few people go on in this verse. He says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now that, nobody wants to hear that. Right. The one side, we were like, oh yeah, know who you are in Christ. You walk from victory into facing life. But what Paul is saying, it's a balance. Remember, he said, I'm content in all things. We'll see that. But he's saying, there's a balance in life. It's not that I've not accomplished things. I'm not telling you not to accomplish stuff. I'm not telling you not to know the law. I'm just saying in comparison, like Carol, what you were saying, does this cause me to know who God is? more Mm -hmm. and as as we study the scripture you want to know that this is god's story like i want to look in the scripture and say what does this tell me about who god is god show me who you are the other day carol you sent me a song that really meant a lot to you and it was Mm jara god will provide Mm -hmm. and that is a, a truth that when you're going through a hard time or you're sharing in his suffering or i you know, I don't necessarily say that you were being beaten and put on a cross, but, you know, it was just not a good day. And how that God had led you to this song and to the truth of that song where it says, Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, you will provide. Mm-hmm. When it says you are enough. And you like are enough. I'm, and I know we'll talk about being content next week, but that's what it says in that course. It's like, I'm content in all my circumstances because you are enough. And as you began to see your circumstances, like Paul was trying to encourage the church in Philippi, that no matter what you're going through, this is the opportunity for you to grow in your knowledge of who Christ is. That when we begin to understand who God is and who his son is, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you know, it's the father who loves us. It's the Jesus who saved us. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us. When we begin to understand who God is and who Jesus is as a Messiah and, and the role of the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. And we begin to grow in our knowledge of him. We will look at our lives differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think even thinking of the, you know, share becoming like him in his death. I mean, I think the, that's where at the beginning of that, the power of his resurrection, I mean, in order to resurrect something, there's a death and whether that's, you know, a death to, for Paul, it was a death to Saul, you know, mm-hmm. so that he could be resurrected to be who he is in Paul. And so, you know, so I think sometimes we can be daunted by that, you know, becoming like him in his death, but it also is like Philippians too, where becoming like him as a servant, mm-hmm. you know, servant so heart, you know, and as we end in Philippians three, he says, you know, I'm telling you all these things of how great and all that I've done. 
And then I just want to know Christ and I want to know him. I want to know him in his resurrection. I want to know him in his suffering. Whatever I go through, whether it's I'm victorious or I feel defeated. If I feel like I just having to die to self, which is that servant spirit and being able to uh, serve others, or if I'm just being victorious and my walk with Christ and things are going well, it doesn't matter because what really matters is that I'm getting to know who Christ is more. And the way of doing this is the last part of Philippians 3, because he says, it's not that I've already obtained this, or I'm perfect. In other words, he's going to make sure that they know he's not bragging. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you know, I want to know who Christ is. And I want to know it in a deeper way. I want to know who he is. He said, I'm not perfect. But he says, but I press forward. And what I really love about Philippians 3 in this, he said, I can forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. And for Paul, that's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, Kara, you say so often, what's this in real life? Yeah. You know, Paul had to have a struggle. He just had to. I, I've not talked to Paul about this, but I feel like Paul, when he closed his eyes, how often he had to think about Stephen. Mm, I think that too. Yeah, like can he still hear the cries? Can he still see the blood? Could he yeah. even smell right. the flesh burning mm. of the people and the Christians that now he is trying to encourage Christians where before in his past he was trying to mm. destroy them? I mean, yeah, the shame that he battled. I can't it's, hard, it's hard even to yeah. comprehend because he says, I am the most of all sinners. Mm -hmm. And so he knew what his past was. He hadn't forgot his past but he was putting it in the past mm -hmm. and he said, I move forward. And I think that that's huge for us. I say this all the time and you've heard me say this a million times and anybody that's ever around me, they're going to hear me say this. Don't bring your Egypt into the promised land. Mm -hmm. And for Paul to be so powerful and such an influence in the churches that God was going to use him to uh, build up and to encourage. He had to not bring his mm -hmm. Egypt into his promised land. He had, yeah. he had to forget his past. And he says, there's one thing I know. And that's why I want us to concentrate. If you want to know Christ more, if you want to grow in your understanding of who he is, if you want to live in a way that you can feel like you can rejoice in all things, you've got to forget your past. You've got to move forward. This is where you are today. This is wherever you are in your spiritual walk or wherever you are in your mindset, start there. Mm -hmm. And ask God to say, God, help me to forget my past and move forward because God has so much more for you. He wants you to know him in a deeper way. Uh, I, yeah, I think about that a lot. And I think the the thing with forgetting the past or what lies behind, you know, it's not like you said, like Paul was always aware of what he had done. He was always aware of his past, mm -hmm. but it was like he let God be God of his past. Mm -hmm. Like he trusted that. God was bigger than his past. And he, that's where I think going back to, you know, Philippians one, where it's like, he just, he kept the eternal perspective. He kept the future in the forefront of his mind. That doesn't mean, you know, like we've said in the back of his mind, we would imagine, you know, Stephen is there and all the other Christians because he knew Christ. He had to believe that Christ was bigger than his past. Christ could redeem that. He is redeeming that. He was re resurrecting that death in his past. You know, what's ironic is that Paul, when he talks about his uh, conversion, that Jesus has said to him, Paul, Paul, why have you uh, persecuted me? 
from the very beginning, he said, before you were even born, I've selected you Mm -hmm. because the Christians, the disciples were scared of Paul. Mm -hmm. And so when they sent them to go get Paul, they're like, Hey, we know about this guy. And God said, Hey, before he was ever born, I set him for this point. And I have struggled with that because I thought, then God, why would you allow him to have this past? Why didn't you just go ahead and pull him out to show him who you are before all of, before Stephen had to die? Mm-hmm. But you know, I feel like God is like, would you know me? Like you know me now if you didn't have your past. Now I am not applauding sin. Right. But there is something about knowing that you're a sinner that grace seems to be so mm-hmm. sweet. Right. Well, I think it just, I think that's where the beauty from ashes. Like mm-hmm. it's not, we don't look for sin. We don't look to have a past. But if that's there, like he is so much bigger and grace abounds. And that's where he just is so good. And he is the God. purpose out of that. Yeah. Like he's God. And, you know, I think that that's what Paul is saying. He said, you know, I, I'm not even going to glory in all the good things that I've done. And I'm not going to take a lot of glory in the bad things. I'm not going to sit and talk about how great I am. And I'm not going to live in shame and regret and the things that I've done because I'm moving forward and I'm straining forward. He says, I haven't arrived yet. I'm thinking, Paul, if you haven't arrived, there's no hope for me. But he said, I press on. And that's the thing. He said, if you're going to keep moving on, if you're going to be of any value to the call of Christ, if you're going to represent the king well, if you're going to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, then you're going to have to get over yourself you don't have to get over your past and you got to move forward because we get so entangled with shame and regret. We're not good for anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, even I just had thought of like, even our past, if you quote unquote lived a perfect path, you know, like if you mm-hmm. made all the right choices and did everything right, I mean, it's the same thing, like whatever the past is, whether it's a broken past or a past that's full of, you know, accolades and look how great I've lived. To not boast in that either, mm-hmm. you know. So I think yeah. it, it's it's both of those things um, that I may know him. Because here's mm-hmm. what Paul is saying: the goal of life is to know Christ mm-hmm. and to know Him in a deeper way. And sometimes it just has to take our path for us to understand Christ, to understand what forgiveness is about, to understand what grace is about, what love is about. And then he's saying, you know, I don't want you to understand that you're not in this world. You're, you're passing through. Have that eternal perspective. Remember every day that there will be a time you're going to bow before God. And the people that have accused you and the people that are giving you a hard time, they're going to bow before God. They're going to know that you're right. Jesus is really God. But he's saying right now, you just got to keep on moving forward, moving forward. And as we close today, I just want us to really think about and not miss what God is saying to us through Paul. Yes, Paul's talking to the church in Philippi, but he's talking to us as believers. He said, we have to live in such a way. We have to live in such a way that our mindset is, I want to know Christ. And if that means in suffering, if it means in good times, it doesn't really matter. He said, what is the goal of life is that I know Christ. And I believe with all of my heart, if we could keep that perspective, we can might just maybe rejoice always 
in the Lord because we know that no matter what's going on in our lives, that God has a purpose and that is for us to know Him in a deeper way. And to me, that's the goal of life and that is what makes us content and makes us complete in Him. I hope you wrote some of that down. For more content from Dot, head to dotbowen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you. We look forward to being with you again next week for week four of the Philippian series. Thanks for listening.